Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, then this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E N C E L A D U S Literary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Everybody loves a hero. People line up for them, cheer them, scream their names, and years later they'll tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse of the one who taught him to hold on a second longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride. With your host, Pete. If you're the only superhero in the world, Mr. Stark, you become part of a bigger universe. You just don't know. And Greg. You're not alone, Clark Kent. In all my globetrotting, I have met several others like you. A billionaire with high-tech toys and a wondrous woman who is going to throw you for a loop. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. Nothing will stop us now. With our combined powers of evil, we must pledge to wipe out the Super Friends. One for all, and all for you. And now we live in the future with a new episode of Hindsight as we're going to look back from the future. But we're not doing back to the future. We're doing back from the future. How does this keep happening to us? Um, On a podcast that's called Hindsight. How does this keep happening? Because we not only hindsight things that have already happened, we're going to pretend like it's the year 2020. And we're going to hindsight things that haven't happened yet, but are, plan- <gasps> but are planned to. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Tell me more. Well, no podcast has ever talked about this in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thank sorry. God. I'm sorry. Every podcast has talked about this in the last week. And uh, that is the announcements of the last two weeks or so of... The Marvel and DC universes. And I almost their... feel like we need to insert that guy on the big um, drums from Spaceballs. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun. And here I thought you were going to talk about the guy with the drums at the Indians ball games. Oh, well, he works too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, we're, we're going to figure this out as far as if this is 2020 and hindsight being 2020. Hey, mm. oh, um, 
what is what is our movie landscape and TV landscape and overall pop culture landscape going to look like after it has been an endless stream of comic book based movies. Now we've had quite a few since I'd say around the year 2000, but this is going to be a whole new level of you know we're 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 talking here four, five, six, seven movies a year that are major productions that are based on major comic books, not just like oh, it's Road to Perdition. Oh, well, that was based on a graphic novel. Really? No, these are Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Hulk, Avengers. Everything you can think of is coming out, and it's going to be a major tent pole. And is there enough ground for those tent poles to be buried in, or is the tent going to collapse on itself? I warned all of you, you're doomed. The theaters are doomed. <laughs> and then you talk about more of that guy, too, with Star Wars included. <laughs> and everybody trying to franchise. So we we start this thing with, uh, you know, there's no real easy way to talk about it in our methodology here. But, yeah, if, if we'll start in the present day and not in 2020, that'll be what Whew. we'll get to. Okay. So if we're in the present day mm-hmm. and we're, we're looking back... And you and I talked about this off air, but we're looking back at the modern superhero movie, the comic book superhero movie. So, again, that's going to discount stuff like History of Violence or Road to Perdition, like I mentioned. And there's others that are technically based on a graphic. Tank Girl. Tank Girl. Yeah, sure. (laughs) We're really, I guess we'll really just boil this down to. If it's been a Marvel comic or a DC comic, because those are the main big two. So, and if you hear that squealing in the background, that's a dog in the background. <laughs> so we, we've got the dog with me today. So, um, so we're yeah we're talking about Marvel. We're talking about DC. So you can go back to the serials of the '40s. You can go to the Superman show with George Reeves in the '50s, Batman TV show in the '60s. But really, where everything kicked off, I think everyone would agree. 1978 Superman the movie, correct? Uh, that is when I believed that a man could fly, even though I was only two. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about that at length in other podcasts, Smallville, Man of Steel, Justice League, which you can go back in our archives at EnceladusLiterary.com and find, if you'd like. Hmm. Along with other shows that we've done, such as Illuminary <laughs> Burbs 2 or Goonies 2. What the world really needs, more burbs. <laughs> more, more Ricky starring Corey Feldman. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was Superman the movie, and prior to that, actually, uh, there was more comics on TV. It was Incredible Hulk, it was Wonder Woman, it was a crappy Spider-Man, and there were always cartoons, but we're just talking about mainstream live-action movie TV, put, a, put some money behind it. So, Superman the movie... Or if you're the Salkins, take money away. <laughs> <laughs> until it dies a horrible, horrible death, uh, and with Richard Pryor involved. Um but it, Superman the movie kind of was a tag team, I'd, I'd guess, in pop culture with Star Wars at the end of the 70s, where those two really kind of shot like an arrow the the spinoffs, uh, the uh, the attempted knockoffs, if you will, of those two. It was either sure it wasn't just the John Williams factor. Well, he did do everything <laughs> in our childhood. <laughs> but if you think about it, you you have 
attempted replicas of Star Wars and Flash Gordon and you know whatever uh, whatever the, the hell black hole sure and then you have superman the movie so suddenly you've got what other properties do we have that don't cost a lot of money so west craven directs swamp thing the movie and there are superman sequels and uh, but the thing is is that marvel was just never in the game at all except for tv until howard, howard the duck, the duck. <laughs> <laughs> howard the duck was that howard first marvel the duck so the grandfather of Iron Man is Howard the Duck. Go figure. Uh, Everybody's got to start somewhere. <laughs> but then you had the next big bombshell being uh, 1989's Batman, Tim Burton directing, Michael Keaton as Batman, Jack Nicholson as the Joker, and then, of course, Robert Wool <laughs> as of Alexander <laughs> He should be third bill <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> There's a hindsight. Alexander Knox needs to be a bigger boy. Uh, why are you third pill? <laughs> well, sure. They knew Arliss was going to be huge. But that kind of kicked off sort of where we are in the modern era. Not not to the extent, but I think that was really where the studios said, there's some money in these things. And then it took a while to figure it out how to do it. Now, Marvel had done some cheapo things outside of howard the duck but they were just cheapo and if it wasn't for i i guess there was a lot of financial the jd salinger's kid captain america was cheap uh no that was fantastic <laughs> i think it's how i would call that don't people don't go look for that that was horrible but do go look for the Japanese Spider-Man. It is something amazing. <laughs> See, I think that's the problem with Marvel is they would have gotten into the full cinematic live action game earlier, but there was a lot of rights issues tied yes. up because they had sold off things when they were in financial trouble, like in the 70s or 80s. So Sell off, man. I remember all all through the 90s when the internet started coming up and we'd start looking at movie sites, The Spider-Man was always... Well, James Cameron's going to direct it, but it's still sucking some sort of litigious hell. And I think Iron Man was in that same boat for a long time. It was in legal hell, and Incredible Hulk maybe was too, but they would have gotten in a lot earlier. But really, all we had in the 90s were the Batman movies from Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. And then you had offshoots. A, a lot of pre-production on Superman. <laughs> yeah, that just never got anywhere, and we just won't go anywhere with that, because that's not the fo- focus. We'll someday talk about Superman Lives, but not now. But then you had uh, Blade, Spawn, just all these attempts to try and copy what Warner Brothers was doing with Batman. And if you've heard us talk about this in the past... If you look back at the four Batman movies of the 90s, and everyone says, oh, Batman for, uh, Forever and Batman Read Robin were awful, I would say, I would submit to you all four are virtually unwatchable at this point. They're just goofy and don't go anywhere. So that brings us to the year 2000. And... That brings us to the beginnings of what I'd say is a planned universe of some sort, and that would be the first Brian Singer X-Men. Well, what is it that 
raise the bar here in your estimation other than we had finally arrived in the year 2000? Well, like I said, it was it was grasping more of the idea of a what actually the source material had to offer. Mm-hmm. So instead of the Batman movies where you had two directors making four movies and both directors stating publicly, ah, I've never really read the comics. I watched the TV show. <laughs> well, that that wasn't helpful at all. It shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're they're they're. Their idea of world building and universe building is throwaway mentions to Catwoman, Vicky Vale, and the Riddler and Two Face outfits. That's the three sequels have those references in them. Oh and come on, they it. kept packing more and more villains in. Well, it's world building. Yeah, exactly. And then randomly going, this is why Superman works alone, and that's it. But it wasn't really until you got to X Men that they looked at the source material and then made it with the idea of we're going to there's a big world out there full of all these different heroes but these are just the ones you're going to see right now and that was the kickoff and then the box office I'd say where we reach our modern era of superhero movies box office wise is the infamous and I only know this because of watching Entourage the infamous Huge $114 million opening weekend of uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man in 2002. No one had ever seen anything like that before when it was $114 million in one weekend. And that suddenly woke everybody up to say, hey, wait a minute. These really are for real, and this is the way we're going. And I think that's where everything started, kind of where we are now. And then there's little things we'll get into more from there, but... That that huge groundswell of we're going to make these to make more, and we're going to make it with the source material, and we're going to make them as our tent pole. It was Spider Man. Ta da! <laughs> and he leaves him speechless <laughs> and stunned. So, what uh, what is what is your world like here with the superhero movies? Because I I shared enough of mine uh, that. I love the characters, but, you know, we've talked about it. Batman, Superman are mine, and they never got them right. And we've talked about that at Nausea. Where are you at? As far as just today with the landscape we're in? Yeah, I would just say just we've discussed it a little bit. But, I mean, hell, I've known you long enough to know that you never even saw the Spider-Man movies. Or at least uh, you, you did. Not not in the theaters, no. At least you did, but it was a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it took some prodding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that see that that's kind of the the interesting thing that you can bring to this is, I mean, I had to sit down and force you years after the fact to watch Iron Man. True. And you still have said you've never seen the first Captain America or the first Thor. So also true. <laughs> so let's just I, say I, I I cherry pick. I cherry pick, and and not all of these do I feel that I need to be out there on the front line for. Um, now I will I will cop to the fact that I think the longer that this trend has continued, and the more kind of ingrained into pop culture, and just me personally, I've become with uh, some of what these various franchises and studios have been trying to do with investing the public in their characters and these storylines and everything like that. My resistance has lessened. I've caught up on a lot of these. Um, 
and found most of them to be fairly enjoyable. Uh, that Does that mean that I still rush out and see every single one of these? No. Um, do I think that they're all kind of created equal? Some more so than others. But, um, yeah, I mean, there have been... In my mind, for something this this big and this sustained and everything, there have been more hits than misses. Yeah, but you haven't seen them all. No. So you're 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 dealing <laughs> out, with out of what small... I have seen. I, I I will say more hits than misses. You you're you're batting four hundred, but you only have twenty plate appearances as a pinch hitter throughout the oh, year. Right. So you're <laughs> you know you're you're not doing. It. I mean, I just counted. We we've got. Between Marvel and DC, we have mm-hmm. 38 movies scheduled between the beginning of 2015 and the end of 2020. Some and of those, for the record, I will not be going to all of those. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I guess the question would be, what makes it? What gets me into the theater? Yeah. I, I mean, because even knowing you as long as I have and knowing mm-hmm. that I don't push movies on you unless... It's one of two things. Either A, I know you're going to enjoy it, or B, it's like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I have to force you to watch it so that we can enjoy <laughs> ripping it apart and and make you watch it. But something like Iron Man, I kept pushing that on you because I'm like, no, this is – I know you're going to enjoy this because it's, it's good. And you were right. But I'm not going to push something like – I mean, let's just get get into the the bigger bombshell year would be where all this stuff started because you had Batman Begins in two thousand five, which I did see in the theater. Yeah, and then you know you had all these different things sprinkled around off the success of Spider Man and Spider Man Two. You had a couple of more X Men movies. You had Daredevil. You had uh, the Punisher. With uh, they were just all these things. A Fantastic Four. Two of those somehow. <laughs> and. and apparently another one coming up and yet they were all with the i'd say the exception is x-men 2 and x-men 3 but they were all following that 90s batman model of here's the sequel and here's the sequel and it was more of a law and order style of well this week on spider-man he fights this guy yeah it really was kind of the villain of the week and and it wasn't until you get to the bombshell year of 2008 where, and I was thinking of this last night before we recorded today, as I thought, all right, 2008, you have The Dark Knight, which, yes, it has a, it's a sequel, but you can really say that's where it began, is The Dark Knight, and you have Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk, and then not Marvel and DC, but also in that year, technically based on comics, you had Wanted with Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. You you had Hancock, which was an original script, but it was a superhero, so it wasn't a comic, but it was still a superhero. Sure. And I, when, was, I, when was Unbreakable? Was that 02? No, that was 2000. Okay. Itself. Which, yeah, there's another one. I mean, not as a, it's not a comic book, but... But 2008 was that bombshell year where Marvel Studios kicked into gear and started making their own movies on their own properties and started universe building. Mm -hmm. And The Dark Knight was not universe building. It was building only its own trilogy that Christopher Nolan wanted to stand by itself. And right around that same time, Warner Brothers was trying to make a, I don't know if it was a live action or if it was 
kind of like Avatar. It was a uh, computer-enhanced Justice League movie that fell apart during the writer's strike. So I think even they were starting to realize, well, we need to do this to, to keep up with Marvel. But as soon as that fell apart and the Dark Knight trilogy, they rode into the ground by itself they were kind of stuck and got into the back seat. And now all of a sudden we sit here six, seven years later and every studio in Hollywood is trying to follow the Marvel framework, set up a, have a good first movie and then set up a universe where it's all connected. And we're just seeing that endlessly, not even just superhero movies. I mean, you talked about, you're going to bring star Wars back. Mm Mm-hmm. And so yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the proposed schedule for that too, and six movies, six years in a row, boom, boom, boom. God, it just is. <laughs> it's amazing. And you, not only that, I mean, you've got, well, you've got the stuff that's based on books. I don't know if that really counts. So you've got mm-hmm. like Twilight and Hunger Games, and that's its own offshoot. Now you've got everything in the world, like Divergent. Is that a young adult novel that five people read? Let's make a movie series out of it. We can got we got four <laughs> movies, and it, it just gets ridiculous. But you, you've got, uh, you know, Transformers. Now they're talking about let's reboot Transformers and make a universe. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made mo- money this summer. Let's make a universe out of it. Uh, it's just amazing how all of these. Uh, companies are trying to follow the model of this what essentially boiled down to an independent marvel studios was self-financed and started this on their own and now all of a sudden here we are seven years later and everyone would kill to have that model of it's all connected and then they got some mouse money behind them huh that's right (laughs) now go ahead make me some goddamn money so it's just very interesting how Everyone follows that model to the T, and I find that interesting in that we've talked about it before in serialized versus episodic television. If you think about it, this all goes back to soap operas. Kind of. Soap operas or the old serial models from the 30s. Well, yeah, but the old serial models, though, where I'm fighting this bad guy, and then there's a cliffhanger, and oh, I gotta go fight this bad guy. But if you think about it, all these years of a soap opera is this is all it, like every episode was connected. Mm-hmm. So every episode was I gotta tune in and see what happens with this relationship. And then, uh, then next week they're gonna keep calling tomorrow with the relationship even further, and now this wrinkle's thrown in. And that's all it was, was just keep layering one on top of the other on top of the other, and it's all connected. You had to see yesterday to know what these two people were doing today. I I hear your point, but are they really in these Marvel movies other than the superhero people having to interact? Are they really building any relationship stuff in these movies? Well, I'm not talking about relationship stuff. I'm just talking about storytelling stuff. Okay. I'm talking about... That's the only thing I could think of, if you're going back far enough, that has that that style of everything that happens in the 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 storytelling is to carry over to the next episode of that story. Right. Where, yeah, you can have ER or Law and Order or whatever it is where 
people have relationships, but the next week is just something else happening that's different and doesn't matter what happened the previous week. Whereas you have Marvel, they're self-contained stories, but everything underlying is always building towards something else connected in some other movie, some other franchise, whatever it is. And it's just a model that, I mean, let's just get into it. We're looking at uh, well, it's a model that I think is based off of the way the comic books work, correct? Oh, exactly. They're going yeah. to the source material. Right. And that's where we come down to, we talked about it on the Justice League when we were thinking about that into the future, and DC's now announced their whole slate of movies, and uh, we talked a little bit about other movies around Justice League, but now that we've actually got them set in stone, uh, it's interesting to see. I mean, we've got Batman versus Superman coming out at the beginning of 2016 and it's Dawn of Justice so it's supposed to start everything and you've got cameos by everybody in that but then they go to Suicide Squad which is an offshoot so I don't think it's going to tie in with Batman versus Superman at all again being more the casual fan what is Suicide Squad well, I only really know about it because of playing the Batman Arkham games and from watching Arrow and The Flash on CW, which there's another thing we can talk about is the success of DC versus Marvel. DC's mm-hmm. killing it on TV versus Marvel in the movies. Now, you can say what's better or what's worse, but that's one thing. But uh, from my understanding, Suicide Squad is uh, a team brought together of sort of bad guys. And... Uh, let me back up. If you're familiar with Nick Fury on and S.H.I.E.L.D. on the Marvel side, mm-hmm. well, the DC side has... Um, oh, God, and I'm blanking on the name of it right now. But the, the Nick Fury of the DC side is Amanda Waller. And she's a... In the comic book, she was a big, heavy... And they always made mention of it. She was a big, heavy African-American woman who was... Large and in charge, and she was always demanding and, you know, ball buster. And Angela Bassett played her in the Green Lantern, Ryan Ryan Reynolds movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pam Greer played her in a couple episodes of Smallville. And now there's some other woman playing her on, uh, on Arrow, on the CW. But she has this organization that she runs. It's kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D., but for the DC side. And she's got these group of mercenaries and bad guys that she puts this kind of chip in their head to say, well, you either help me out on dangerous missions to assassinate people that I need killed or whatever, or and if you get out of line, I blow this chip in your head. So Suicide Squad is made up of, like, Harley Quinn, Joker's girlfriend, and Deadshot, who's one of Batman's assassin enemies, and... Um, there's a couple other just kind of lesser villains from all the other DC Comics worlds that okay. that Waller has gotten together to be a suicide squad to go out and do assassinations for her and dirty work for her. And I think the director said that his version of Suicide Squad is going to be, um, what did he say, I guess like a Dirty Dozen type of movie. Mm-hmm. But but with all with bad guys, so no one with a heart of gold. Everybody's a bad guy. But again, going back to that, how does that connect in with Batman versus Superman? Uh, I don't know, <laughs> 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 and and I can't imagine how it would. I mean, it might be in the same world, 
But we're already seeing the main difference between Marvel and DC is that DC, what we talked about on the Justice League, has since been debunked by Jeff Johns, who's the head of DC Entertainment. And that is, the right now, the movies and TV worlds are not the same. They do not cross paths. So there's a Flash movie scheduled for 2000, what is it, 2018 that's got a different actor next to it. And they've already said that Grant Gustin, the Flash on the TV show right now, is not going in the movies. Stephen Amell, the Arrow, is not going in the movies. So already you got to wonder, is DC, for the sake of being different, going only the characters that show up in the Justice League are going to have their own individual movies? And their own individual movies are simply backstories for them and they're not connected. Whereas Marvel is always, this movie leads to the next, and this movie leads to the next. So, I, I, I think they might be hedging their bets. I mean, I think you could read it that way with, well, you know, if we just keep the TV shows entities unto themselves, then if such and such a movie tanks, but the TV series is still fine, then hey, no harm, no foul. Yeah. write it off he made mention of that too in this interview where he said they're not connected but he also left it open-ended and said well not now because dc comics has a very long history of having multiverses going on where there are mm -hmm. different universes running parallel to one another and i think marvel does as well and so he's saying well the grant gustin barry allen is in this universe but what uh, ezra miller who's going to be the flash in 2018 he could be Barry Allen, but just in a different universe. And they they, they are connected, sort of. But it's just <laughs> it's just interesting to see how that is going to be DC's model, where it's really mm -hmm. gonna be Batman versus Superman and the Justice League movies are going to be your quote unquote connected films, and then all the individual standalone films are just gonna be stories where they don't drop in like like in Winter Soldier, you have Robert Redford going, I want Iron Man to come to my granddaughter's birthday party. Mm -hmm. You're not, In a Wonder Woman movie, you're just going to have, here's an adventure with Wonder Woman, so you can see what happened with her, and there's not going to be any mention, because they've talked about, there's a rumor that uh, the standalone Wonder Woman movie is going to take place in the 20s. That would be interesting. It, it would be interesting, and it's just a way to go, but is it something that dc i guess what i'm getting my point is, is dc doing this to say we are going to be different than marvel to their I'm, own detriment I've, got, I've gotten that vibe i don't know i it would be easy to argue that um and i think there's probably probably a lot to support that argument um at the same time who knows long term and i mean that's part of what we're trying to talk about here today tonight is uh long term how many of these plans are actually going to come to fruition um which of these studios is going to have the long legs when do we get to burnout with the general public with all of these superhero properties exactly and i think that that goes back to that tv versus film thing because you have marvel has agents of shield and then coming soon is agent carter and then also coming soon are dare are uh yeah daredevil and a couple others on netflix 
but they all are in the same universe as Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., and Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth. They are all exist in the same universe. Even Guardians of the Galaxy exists in the same universe as Robert Downey Jr. And so you have the TV shows that are all connected. And so far, Marvel has proved... And again, going back to that theory of people watching for 40 or 50 years a soap opera because it's an ongoing connected story, and that always seems to excite, is DC, based on their announcement and their slate of films and what we're guessing here, does it look like they might be shooting themselves in the foot by not connecting everything? Or is it going to be an interesting way to go? Where everything is going to be, well, I'll just go see the Wonder Woman movie. I don't have to see Aquaman, and it won't kill me. And then I'll see the Justice League movie where I know they'll show up, but it's not going to kill me to have missed the Aquaman movie because he's just going to show up and be Aquaman in the Justice League movie. Whereas if you saw the Avengers without seeing anything else, you could follow it, but it would certainly be more helpful if you saw Iron Man. I wonder how much of this is contractual-based. As far as what? With the actors? Yeah. I mean, if... Okay, so I've got somebody who's on a weekly series or whatever, and then, oh, wait, now I've got to get you to shoot this movie during your time off, and we've got a very tight schedule for that before we throw you right back into the production schedule for the next season of your show. Um, I mean, that would grind somebody up pretty quick, I figure. Oh, I... I, Yeah, but if... You could read Stephen Amell's Facebook page. Before Jeff Johns had that interview, I think you could be on a shadow of a doubt. See, he would jump if they said, hey, you're going to be on screen with Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck. Uh, Do you want to take your summer off or to go do that? I'm certain he would have said, I'm going to do that before the contract was even put in front of him. Sure. But I mean, we're talking six years down the road here at this point and everything. Yeah. I I don't know, and there's a case to be made for keeping them separate. I mean, if you keep the movies and TVs separate, he made a good point. The TV show is building up its own universe. It has a longer term to do it, mm-hmm. and they've already got their own crews working on it. Well, who do you bring then? Just Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin to work with the Justice League, and suddenly the screenwriter has to do something where... And this is it's not really a spoiler, but let's just say, uh, you know, for somebody who hasn't watched Arrow, which I just got caught up on, thanks to Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> but in Arrow, and to a lesser extent, The Flash is doing the same thing. They have this team of support around them. So it's not just Arrow. He's got his computer tech girl and his bodyguard helper guy, ex-military guy. And he's got another guy who's signed on to be another bow and arrow hero dude. So he's got his team. So would that mean that if Stephen Amell was in the Justice League and they got a problem that could easily be solved by him getting on his communicator and saying, Hey, Felicity, I need you to computer something or another this. Well, we can't do that because then that just keeps opening that world. I mean, does that cause a... An issue, So I could see why you, you might want to keep the TV and movies separate, but I could also see how by the year 2020, this could be a huge, confused mess for people <laughs> who don't follow this as closely as we do. Well, and then some of these uh, actors and actresses who are getting in or have gotten in more on the ground floor and everything, I'm sure at some point 
the money's good and everything, but they're probably going to be like, you know what? I'm good, or I'd rather go do some other projects, or uh, the scripts aren't what they used to be, you know, whatever, wherever they're at, or whatever might happen. Well, then do you just start getting into ER replacement-itis with, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, um, we thought we were going to have so-and-so in the second Avengers movie, but yeah, they've they've retired from filmmaking completely, so now there's this other totally new guy for some reason who yeah. we're just going to address by this character's name. Yeah, that's the other problem. A lot of this uh, this planning flags in certain dates five and six years off. If you have a speed bump of a movie somewhere in there, your whole thing is just gone. Like if if <laughs> potentially if Batman versus Superman bombs like uh, Sucker Punch did for Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. which I don't. I again I I. I said that on the Justice League movie. I don't think it can happen. I don't think it can be. Well, I think we've already seen that this year, though. What? With Spider-Man. I just, I think it's different. I think, uh, I I just, I think Batman versus Superman can at least be as good as Man of Steel. Now, Man of Steel is at 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not great at all. Uh, no, could, but but could it, be better. But it's enough that it made six hundred some million dollars worldwide. Well, it's, it did it's, fine. It's enough that people that fifty six percent of critics liked it. It's enough that people say it's fine, and it's enough that it started a universe. But I, yeah, I just I don't think Batman versus Superman with all the effort they're putting in, the money, the people behind it, I don't think it can tank anything can happen so i just don't see batman versus superman completely tanking no i i think the curiosity factor is going to be too high for that one but i mean even just the quality i just don't i i think the people behind it the money behind it it's got to be at least a middling level but then like we said if suicide squad is not connected Uh or if it's loosely connected and it does okay that's not really going to do much for people to jump on and, and go. Well, I'm going to go see Wonder Woman the next year. Well, people out of curiosity will go see Wonder Woman because it's never happened and it's taken years to get that on screen. But by the time you get to Justice League uh, in 2017, and it looks like it's in November, mm-hmm. there's where you're going to really know where DC stands in the game. But if we look at this calendar, by the time you get to November with in 2017 and Justice League is is on its way, look at all of the Marvel properties that have inundated the landscape. Not just Marvel Studios Disney, but also Fox with their Fantastic 4 and X-Men franchises and Sony trying to do more Spider-Man stuff. Possibly. It's just it's endless. So DC yeah, 2017, at least by this proposed calendar, is uh, insane <laughs> with the number of uh, films. Well, what what is there in 2017 by this world? Uh, Wolverine 3, Guardians 2, Wonder Woman, Fantastic Four 2, uh, the third Thor movie, The Black Panther, Justice League, a proposed female-led Spider-Man spinoff, a Venom 
uh, movie, a Lego Batman possibly happening, and it, as of now, that's that's what's floating around is out there. So, and Sony has already seen Spider-Man, like you said, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was wholly disappointing, and Sony is trying to get their own universe, but all they have is Spider-Man. So all they mm-hmm. have are those comics, which is 50 years worth, but still... You're talking about a female-led Spider-Man spinoff and Venom Carnage and Sinister Six, which is all the villains of Mm Spider-Man. They could be interesting, like Suicide Squad could be interesting, but can you sustain anything in such a tiny universe of Spider-Man without Spider-Man involved? Well, I mean, X-Men's kind of trying to do this similar thing. Now they obviously have a lot more characters to pull off of. Exactly. (laughs) That's the difference. Fox is in a much better position because they have Fantastic Four and the whole X-Men universe, which by itself is as big as the Avengers universe. Right. They just have to figure out a way to make money without Hugh Jackman involved because he can't do this forever. (laughs) But it's just, you know, is DC going to be out of this by the time Marvel is in? Or... If we put our future caps on and say it's 2020... Oh, we're back. If we're in 2020, mm-hmm. are we looking back and saying, boy, isn't it amazing how Marvel used to be on top of the universe, but they just got so bloated with movies that people started to just clamor for the DC movies once or twice a year and not Marvel's 18 movies a year? And how DC's been knocking it out of the park. And remember when Wonder Woman got nominated for an Academy Award? Holy crap! I mean, that's that's one way this could possibly go. Is it's, that, it's possible. Is that DC might win just by not inundating us with movies. Um, and, yeah, none of this... You know, there's nothing written in stone that any of these various models are are it. Everybody's hedging their bets. Exactly. And and I think the, yeah, it takes a while to make a movie. That's for sure. I mean, for crying out loud, they're doing Batman versus Superman beginning at this year, and it comes out in March of 2016. And some people have said, eh, you're rushing it a little bit. But they have Dwayne The Rock Johnson scheduled for appearing in Shazam!, which is right now scheduled to come out April of 2019. That man is in his mid-40s. He's in hell of good shape, but he's in his mid-40s. And we're talking about a movie that comes out almost five years from now. Yes. And he's not like Robert Downey Jr. being able to do a lot of things behind a remote control or in a a suit with some quippy dialogue. I mean, the car- he used to be playing Black Adam, which is a rough-and-tumble, almost Superman-type thing. And he's going to be 50, and he's going to be doing that? Uh, it, that's what I'm thinking, is that so far out with already cast in, in place... It be like me in Terminator 3. Oh, God. There's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell's got Terminator now? I think Warner Brothers has Terminator. I, uh, I, I don't know. And there's a new Terminator movie coming out, so there's God, there's another one that's thrown into the mix. No, we we do live in the age of the branding. But again, I think it all comes back to Marvel. I, I think there's two 
moments that fanboys could see coming and say, yes, yes, yes. And the rest of the movie-going audience saw this stuff happen and thought, wait a minute, what? And that is the end credit scene in the first Iron Man when Sam Jackson breaks into Tony Stark's house and says, you're part of a bigger universe. And the end of The Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk movie, Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden Robert Downey Jr. walks in as Tony Stark and talks to General Ross and says, we're putting a team together. And suddenly, everybody took a step back and said, wait a minute. And if you're thinking from a business side, that was a character who appeared in a Paramount picture walking in as the same character at the end of a picture released by Universal. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, the you know, the gear started churning of, uh, really? We're doing this? <laughs> And all of that has led to to this. This huge slate of movies all comes from that gamble of we're building towards this that paid off with Avengers because that's like the third highest grossing movie of all time. So, well, that and the Marvel formula has been one that people have been willing to keep coming back for. So, and that's how popular the Marvel branded. God damn, it's amazing how. Marvel has taken over from Pixar as that brand that everyone says, a Thor, the Dark World? Yeah, I'll go see it. Why not? It's Marvel. And how they've got everyone ingrained to sit through 18 hours worth of credits <laughs> for an ending there's credit a, scene. There's a few guys who might have worked on the CGI in this. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but how many people sit now like Man of Steel? I remember people sitting until the end of the ending credits. And Man of Steel going, wait, there's no scene. Where's our scene? <laughs> it's like, well, I'm sorry, that's only Marvel. And yet that was just normal people who were bitching about that because Marvel has gotten so popular with that. So I, I mm-hmm. wonder, there's a little side note. Do you think DC will follow suit from here on out and do an end tag scene? Or is that going to be too much a copy of Marvel? Oh, maybe they'll, you know, turn out its ear. They'll do it at the beginning. And confuse everyone. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, Marvel's been doing it'll, more it'll now, be but... subliminal advertising. Just all of a sudden, in the middle of the movie, you'll just have a scene that. Wait, what was what happened there? They'll do a J.J. Abrams. Every one of their movies starts at the end and there then back and then and then backtracks. So now ba- we hope you really enjoy this. <laughs> so Batman versus Superman opens with them bloodied and Wonder Woman saying, "Wait, we need we have to fight a bigger threat," and then. Meanwhile, six months earlier. <laughs> what the? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I tend to doubt it, but it, that doesn't seem to be the tenor that they're setting for themselves. But you never know. Well, then that goes back to our original point, the original idea of this podcast. If it's the summer of 2020 and we're waiting for the rebooted Green Lantern movie to come out according to the schedule or whatever is going to be at that point if we look back and say okay because right now we look back six years and we're looking at The Dark Knight Iron Man Incredible Hulk that kicked us all off so it's kind of uh, odd symmetry that we would say in 2020 we're looking back six years to now mm-hmm Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man, and a rebooted Fantastic Four, 
all those next year and a new Star Wars movie and a new Terminator movie. Are we sitting in 2020? I mean, you and I will be in our mid-40s. Are we... Oh, we got to go to the midnight show of Green Lantern to see what happens next? Or are we like, ah, it it peaked with the first Justice League movie, and ever since then, meh, whatever, it might be for 12-year-olds, but it's no longer for the masses. Well, like all things, I mean, there's going to be a tipping point. It's just what is it and when, and again, that's the... (laughs) billion dollar question that's floating <laughs> around out there literally multi-billions mm-hmm. well then i i mean it's just, somebody made a good point today of look james bond started in 1962 and it's still going on and no one's bitching that the spy movies are dead yeah but it it's paced out differently and you don't have i mean back in the day when that first started and, and it was the thing to emulate and everything like that you had a lot more hangers-on and people trying their own take on it and everything like that. But it's it's kind of an event now. You know, once every couple of years, you get your Bond movie. You kind of go in. You know what to expect. Um, you, the Bond may change. The actor playing Bond may change. You get different directors in there. But you kind of go in basically knowing what to expect and i mean it's it's the same way with a lot of these uh superhero properties and everything the difference is is that there's so many of them well then here's another correlation based on just what we went through with halloween just a couple of days ago mm-hmm. can we equate the modern superhero craze either with as a bond series or are we looking more on the other end of things, the 80s slasher movie craze? That might be closer. Which lit up like a candle with Halloween and then Friday the 13th and burned like crazy until all of a sudden Jason takes Manhattan, Freddy's got a dream <laughs> child. And, and then they and all ha- went to space. <laughs> and Halloween's got Revenge of Michael Myers. And suddenly by 1990, people could give a shit about Freddy, Jason, and Michael. Yeah, I really think that it's probably closer to that, um, just by sheer numbers, if nothing else. Yeah, it, if it was paced out, maybe if you had greater separation, which, again, I think is maybe why we could be sitting here in six years saying DC is now in charge because Marvel just burned it to the ground. I mean, hell, you can not you can say Marvel is a golden era right now, and they're the new Pixar, but even Pixar only did one movie a year. Well, and think about, I mean, a common complaint that I hear from people is how expensive it is to go to the movies. And with all the new technologies that are coming out and smart TVs and you can now do 3D in your home and all of this kind of stuff, you might be able to get away with this ambitious of a slate, but it might not all go into the theater or it might you might have more options for watching it at home or watching it sooner at home. I mean, that that could factor in all of this as well. Very much so. I think the prevalence of home theaters is going to become that much greater in the next six years, not less. Yeah. 
Uh, but there's there's a little bit of it now, but there's that little bit of a, a, a commune feel of, well, I'd still like to go out just because you get out of your house sure. every once in a while. Hey. But, it, but it's not going to be the, well, the only way you can see this is to go to the theater when, I mean, my wife right now will not hardly ever go to the theaters, but I know that the gap between the theaters and ordering pay-per-view cable in the comfort of our own house is three, four months when it used to be a year. So, you know, she didn't see Edge of Tomorrow in the, th- in the theaters. She didn't see Captain America 2 in the theaters. But we watched them at home like four months after they were in the theaters. And and it was the comfort of our own home. So that could be a big, big game changer to push us more into the pay-per-view and less for the theaters. Well, I was going to say, here's a thought. What if they went kind of the Netflix route or something like that and you get on your Roku box one day and you've got the DC channel, you've got the Marvel channel, and if I'm a subscriber and I don't feel like going to the theater, well, guess what? I'm paying paying a premium for these services. I can just watch them the day they're released at home. It's possible. They've been thinking, they've been talking about that for years of, and you know what? People have said, I'd do it. Where some big releases will be same day and date, theater and pay-per-view. It's been done mm-hmm. on some smaller ones, but yes. it's been floated out there of, well, what if uh, your pay-per-view was forty nine ninety nine for day and date? And shit, I, a family of six, you, you'd cut your budget in half if you paid 50 bucks to see it because you wouldn't have to pay for... I mean, that's just the price of, uh, of tickets for five four or five people right not counting parking popcorn drinks going to the bathroom can't pause it babysitter babysitter yeah so i mean i've had uh, heard many people say shit i'll pay 80 bucks and then i'll just invite 15 friends over and we'll just watch it at our leisure and make our own popcorn and and have a party at our house and i think that's a model that could happen now again in the future, God knows what we. There, who knows what could come about yeah. in the future? I mean, we were sitting here when the Dark Knight came out. Could we imagine sitting there going, "Well, I'm going to watch this on my phone or on my iPad, tablet, to over to my laptop? I don't need cable anymore because I can just stream everything straight to the box on my widescreen TV." I mean, hell, when we got home from the midnight show of Dark Knight, uh, The Dark Knight, I had a big box TV that was 32 inches. We had an internet connection. I had a Netflix subscription for DVDs. <laughs> and I had a flip phone. So, and, and tablets were two years away from being I was anything say, I knew about. Even exist. <laughs> so God knows what we'll see in six years that could replace that. We just, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. And... When we're talking about Marvel and DC, yeah, they could have their own channels, but I think it's going to be something where in 2020, Marvel might say, okay, we're announcing phase four, and because of the six, here, here I am in 2020, this is this is me, let me, <clears throat> let me get deeper and darker. Oh, okay. I'm older now. <laughs> Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> I am, I'm I'm so old. I am Christian Bale. Alfred, <laughs> I want a milk and a cookie. So, 
If it's t- 2020, I think very likely Marvel's head, if it's Kevin Feige or whoever it is, is going to say, well, based on the success of our Daredevil and Luke Cage and whatever it else is, shows that are on Netflix, based on the success of those, our Phase 4 movies and Avengers 4 and whatever it is, our Phase 4 movies are going to be straight to Netflix as a limited 10-episode run for each one, culminating in a next Avengers movie, which will be released in the theaters, to where all of these movies that Marvel's going to do will all be straight to Netflix, and the only theatrical release will be the team-up Avengers movie, and that's where they'll put all the money into it, because they're going to realize that putting $200 million into every one of these movies... I just, it's just going to eat itself alive in six years. That's that's a massive. I mean, obviously, you're hoping for massive profits in return, but that's a massive financial commitment. Well, it's just the law of diminishing returns when you're talking about movies, because the way movies work is you have the actual production budget, then you have the marketing, prints, and ads budget, which is sometimes half the budget if not more Mm -hmm. then you have to split with theaters and theatrical and do all sorts of other splits so if 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 a company's spending a hundred million dollars to make a movie then they got to spend 50 million dollars for prints and ads in order to make a profit they've got to make 200 million dollars at the box office because half of that's going to go to the theaters so if they're spending $200 million on Black Panther and it comes out in November of 2017 and no one's ever heard of it and maybe it's word gets out that eh, it's kind of like Thor the Dark World. It was okay. They Marvel better fucking hope that they make $400 million worldwide. Now, worldwide grosses is really making this a lot easier now. But right. if you've gotten to that and nobody knows what the hell that is or even worse for sony if they somehow manage to get through to amazing spider-man 3 or venom carnage sometime in 2017 and no one's ever heard of it and word of mouth is bad i think by 2018 we're talking about disney buying spider-man back from sony finally because they're going to say well we spent 200 million on venom and we made 300 million worldwide so we can't take losses anymore, especially with Sony. They have so much else going on. So Spider-Man, yeah, it's important, but it's not their only thing. And you know somebody in Sony is just going to say, F this. This is just <laughs> gone. It's just Spider-Man's gone, man. Uh, we don't need to bankrupt the entire studio over this, yeah. Yeah. And, and Warner Brothers is kind of in the same boat. Yeah, they want to make DC important, but it's not their only thing. Well, they'll get that Harry Potter money coming back in. And... Which, again, there's more Harry Potter movies coming. <laughs> Jeez. And J.K. Rowling's writing them. Which, I, I, that's going to go back to Maybe our... Peter Jackson will dredge up some more uh, Tolkien material <laughs> and he'll, he'll do another. Here's a cocktail napkin that Tolkien wrote some additional <laughs> side stories. So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make four movies based on this cocktail napkin. <laughs> And then the other thing to consider with these big tentpole movies and everything like that, and especially for when you look at, like, the slate for, like, 2017 and 2018, 
what is being ignored? What other movies are not being financed, produced? Um, what other stories, what other voices are we not hearing because these are so loud and so prevalent? I think that's what we've already been in for several years. I think that's why TV, cable TV, has become so prominent with, I mean, the, the Emmy Awards is nothing but cable TV now. Mm. I mean, occasionally you'll have a, a network thrown in there, but it's rare. And I, so I think all these people who 15, 20 years ago would get $30 million, $20 million, $15 million to make a, a small movie that would maybe make 30 or 40 in the in the theater and break even. All those people are now going to AMC and HBO and Netflix and Amazon, and they're making a longer story, not concise in two hours. They're making a 10-hour arc, and they're going to these places where they have the freedom to do it. They don't have to abide by George Carlin's seven dirty words you can't say on TV. They can't, <laughs> and they don't. <laughs> and they don't have to abide by the nudity issues. They can just tell the story the way they want. So the, that mid-level movie is, for all intents and purposes, gone. Mm. And then you have direct-to-video stuff where if it's a million-dollar budget and if it's high-profile enough, they can maybe make that back on pay-per-view. And some of the smaller theaters are out there, but I mean, unless you got a name attached, it's tent poles, and then it's a whole lot of middling stuff just for Oscar buzz, and that's about it. Yep. And then you got your, agree. and then you got your staples that are going to be, well, we made this horror movie for five million dollars, and we're going to put it out in the second week of October, and we're going to make thirty, and let's just do that every year. But outside of that, I think this is all we got, and you've got. Disney and Warner Brothers especially, jumping on this now and saying, let's ride this out. But I think by 2020, we're going to be looking at an entirely different world where, again, I'm making this prediction now. This has nothing to do with liking one company or the other, just a prediction. We're going to be sitting here going, wow, DC Comics has really knocked it out of the park, and they have not overloaded and Marvel has really had to back off of their theatrical. Nobody knows who these characters are anymore because Downey and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth are all long gone out of their contracts, and they got to introduce a whole new run of characters, and we're going to be sitting there going, gee, you remember that run from 2008 to about 2016? The, the Downey era? <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? I, and Fox and Sony are just going to do whatever they do, but I don't think they're going to gain any prominence. And I think DC's going to, if they can make some decent movies, DC will own this by 2020. And honestly, I think Sony's going to finally give up on Spider-Man. So that's the only thing Marvel might have really going for it is, we got Spider-Man, come on back to the theaters. And then we'll start a whole new run over in a new decade. Could be. Could be. But, yeah, this is like watching a big game of chicken, basically. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, who's going who's gonna to swerve off the road first? Yeah, I, I think it definitely it's going to flip-flop, too, because you got DC just killing it on TV. But I think what's going to happen is these movies that DC's putting out now, granted, they're looking at one or two or maybe three a year. Right now, I think it's just two a year. I, I don't think they change from that. 
maybe do three a year, max. But I think if DC can hold with that, they can win the tentpole game, and Marvel will have to go back into more of the serialized storytelling, which will have to go to Netflix or something like that, where they'll fit in much, probably much better if the if the budget can hold, because I just don't see how Black Panther and Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel they 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 could be something. I mean, we never knew Guardians of the Galaxy was anything. True, but I, I just, I don't know. I just don't see. I don't see it. I, I see DC ultimately coming out on top, playing the long game, only if they make decent movies and don't run their shit into the ground. And that's the danger: <laughs> running <laughs> all of this stuff into the ground. It's yeah. It's very. It's too easy to do, and very possible on the Marvel side. That that's the way I look at it. And if and when that happens, then then that opens up a very interesting question. What then? Well, who knows? I mean, it could be, we, we could <laughs> what, get... what, what, what will the next big thing be? Will there be a next big thing as far as theaters are concerned? Uh, we could always slip back into a uh, an indie revival from the 90s where you got suddenly, like, well, we we got a bunch of these filmmakers. Let's let's go off the back of the filmmakers, kind of like they did in the late '60s and early '70s, kind of like they did in the early and mid '90s. Which is, the corporations kind of got out of the way for a moment, and suddenly the filmmakers were given complete autonomy to make just different types of things. So who knows? This could just lead to another little bit of a renaissance of, well, the, the, we've run this course, so let's do one superhero movie a year and see what else we got in our slate. So maybe this just has to be expunged from the system, so to speak. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Pretty much. <laughs> so, so future you, how's life in 2020? <laughs> remember back Remember back when we thought the Cubbies would win the World Series in 2015 because of, of Marty McFly? A podcast? I, I did a podcast? What? Audio only? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Remember when we thought 2008 was near? <laughs> oh, uh, oh that, old, that old Dark Knight movie? Yeah, I kind of remember that. Didn't somebody win an Oscar or something for that? Or somebody died? There was a story around that, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. And, and by that time, somebody who was not born in the 21st century could be graduating college. Or not born in the 20th century, sorry. So someday this podcast will be buried deep into the uh, ether. Of <laughs> it'll the be the time capsule out there in the internet that somebody can dig up. <laughs> That's right. It's the end of 2014, in, and we don't know what's coming. Right, in 2020, and be like, man, did these guys get this wrong? <laughs> <laughs> How did they not know that Black Panther would be the number one grossing movie of all time? <laughs> and that Doctor Strange beat up Superman himself. That Disney Shucks. that Disney bought DC. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, with between Marvel and then if they are successful with these Star Wars movies, Disney might just buy up everybody else. Plus they have Pixar. Yeah. Oh, my. 
Yeah, this this is going to be an interesting. Uh, that's the only thing I can give it. It is going to be an interesting next couple of years in the movie theaters. At least there will be something that I will have an interest in going to see quite often over the next few years. Well, for the time being, let's be like Max Power and strap in and feel the cheese. Yeah, that's pretty strong there, Max. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Marvel out and DC Comics or wait. I think we have to re-record this. I thought we were talking about uh, DC Cab with Mr. T. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I think we found out what's going to replace all of this once uh, the comic book stuff runs its course. Mr. T revivals? Mr. T revivals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, my. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. What if I told you we were putting a team together? Who's we? Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Tell me, how do you feel about 45-year-old virgins who still live with their parents? Comb the sweet tarts out of your beard and you're on. Don't try to change me, baby. Okay, so do it already. episode enter the collector okay but ah